Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Film Focus, episode 41, Film Scores and Composers. Ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion in today's episode. Damn, I have been looking forward to doing this for so long. We are like, you know, was it 40 plus episodes in, and I'm only just getting around to talking about this topic specifically i have mentioned it on like uh, twitter last year that this was a specific topic i was going to get around to just after i talked about the black widow episode and yep this is this today's topic is one of the main reasons that i started the podcast because i love talking about the various different elements of film to many different people especially people who are like you know fans of film and I have discovered, especially in the last, like, I say five to ten years, that I am super obsessed with film scores. I love film scores. A good film score in a film will get me talking for, you know, at least a good half hour to an hour. When you have the right composer behind a film, it can enhance a film by like 10,000% and become one of the quintessential elements that make an overall film really, really good. So today, today, I'm going to be talking about film scores and certain film composers and just talking about what film scores mean to me, why I believe that they are important, why you should pay attention to them, and just highlight a few of my favorite composers and, you know, some specific soundtracks and specific themes as well. So, with all that out of the way, let's begin. So in terms of structure of how I'm going to, you know, order this episode, what I'm going to firstly talk about is what makes a good film score and why it's important. Then I'll be talking about my Mount Rushmore of film composers. And then I'll be listing off some people in a lower tier that are still really important, but just not on that super high level. And then I'll make another list of just a few other people like you know just below that and then at the end I'll just highlight a few of the soundtracks that I believe you should you know have a listen to because they're bloody great and I think that'll be it and then we'll get to the conclusion at the end so without further ado let's let's just start so for those not aware what is a film score the best way to describe it is as the following a film score is the background music that's heard during a film and was specifically made for said film it's normally orchestrated, though there are some exceptions to the rule where you can, you know, change things up via different genres. In most cases, the score is used to enhance the action, tone, and emotional elements of a film. At least that's the way I've always understood it. And while the quality of a film score won't make or break a film, at the same time, it is something that is fairly noticeable when it's good or bad. Plus, it is something that certain people pay attention to, especially if you're a film fan. Could you imagine films like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Jaws, Psycho, or Jurassic Park without their memorable themes and soundtracks? I don't think so. I believe a good film score has the ability to elevate emotions or 
events of what's happening on screen. Sure, it can just sound nice, but it also has the ability to make you feel. And if it's really good, then it might stay with you long after the film's over. I love a good film score. Whether it's something that uplifts you or brings you to tears, I'm all over it. Even when I watch an average film or even a bad film, a good score can be one of the most memorable, redeeming and satisfying parts of said film. So what makes a good film score? That is a hard question to answer. As film is subjective, music is subjective as well, so it's all down to personal preference. However, I believe it is those film scores that leave an impact on you, make you want to go out and buy the CD or get the music digitally. That's the sign of really good film score music. The best music from films are the ones that you don't have to recognize. They've left an impact on you and they stick around in your brain long after the film's over. That's a sign of good music. And while not all music from films has to be at a level where it sticks in your mind after the film is over, I believe that if the film music is that good, that it stays in your memory after the film is over and it makes you want to go out and buy the you know media, whether it be physically or digitally, then the film composer has done a damn good job. So now I'm going to talk about some of my favorite film composers, the people that are the highest of the high, the cream of the crop, that are on that top tier level. Good film scores have been remembered for years after they've come out, and there have been many film composers in the industry who have not only created memorable theme songs and soundtracks that have transcended the films that they were a part of, but have also become part of pop culture and life in general. And in my opinion, there were no one better than these original three individuals, but then I realized in recent years that those three individuals had one extra member that I wanted to add to that list. So my holy trinity this year became a Mount Rushmore, and their names are Danny Elfman, John Williams, Hans Zimmer, and Michael Giacchino. For me, it doesn't get any better than these individuals. They have collectively created some of the most memorable music in film history and their names are known throughout the film fan community. These are people that just create such a wide array of interesting sounds that have all sorts of emotional levels to it and just enhance the films they are part of by like 10,000, 10 million even. So yeah, I'm going to talk about them in this specific order, starting with Elfman, then going into Williams, Zimmer, and then talking about Giacchino last. So that will be the first four top tier composers, and then I'll talk about my next tier after that. So, with Danny Elfman, here we have a man who is brilliant in crafting film scores. But it's not normally talked about nearly as much as some other notable film composers. Elfman has the ability to create music that enchants and engulfs you. A lot of his best material has the power to grab you emotionally and really enhance what's happening on screen. One of the things that I've found over the years is Elfman has a nice variety to his music, yet with certain collaborators you can feel the continuity slash similarities in the sound. His scores mainly feel powerful, triumphant, atmospheric and dare I say otherworldly yet they are also sad and melancholy. You can certainly notice the similarities in Elfman's work when he's working with Tim Burton and to some degree Sam Raimi. 
And some would argue that Elfman's best work is when he's working with Tim Burton, especially in the early days. From the cool sounds of Batman and Batman Returns to the wonderfully weird and enchanting sounds of Men in Black to Mission Impossible, you know, the first one, to the awesome sounds of the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man film, to the harrowing music in Sleepy Hollow. The man has done some great work, especially during the late 80s to early 2000s. Now, you can argue that he hasn't done much to wow people in recent years, but he's definitely had some nice material here and there, from films like Oz the Great and Powerful to his contributions to Avengers Age of Ultron with Brian Tyler. The guy knows what he's doing. When he has the right material, he can create music that definitely stays with you after the film is over. So when it comes to my favorite film score from Danny Elfman, it's impossible. Especially after I came from uni, it almost became an impossibility to pick one because for the longest time, Spider-Man 2 from 2004 had my favorite, you know, soundtrack ever, ever. That film score is just so delicious, so varied and emotionally amazing. And during some of those action sequences as well, especially the stuff on the train, oh, that soundtrack just has me. It has me. But then... After I rewatched Nightmare Before Christmas, I think in like uh, the late 2000s, I realized that I had a love for that film score more so than I ever noticed I did before. It's crazy. But then in the late 2000s, I rewatched The Nightmare Before Christmas, I think for the first time since I was a kid. And good gosh, that soundtrack, that soundtrack in, in the years that's followed has, you know, just emotionally gripped me. There are certain times when I listen to some of the songs in that film, whether it be Sally's song or, you know, What's This, that make me feel emotionally just, oh, it just makes me want to cry. Um, and then there's Edward Scissorhands as well. Another film from the 90s and another Tim Burton collaborated film, which just has this magical, yes, magical sound that honestly... When I hear some of those songs, good gosh, it makes me feel like this warmth in my soul that I don't even know you could feel with music. So yeah, honestly, if I had to make a, you know, if I had to say what my favorite soundtrack was, it had to be a three-way tie between Spider-Man 2, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Edward Scissorhands because all of those music, all of those films essentially have like music that I just adore. So next up, we have John Williams. And what can you say about Mr. Williams that hasn't been said already? This man is a legend, and that is not hyperbole. This man is probably the most notable name in all of film composition. Everybody knows who John Williams is, and if you don't know him by name, you certainly know his music. The man has crafted some of the most memorable music in film history. Fact. Let's talk about some of those memorable themes. How about Star Wars? or Superman, or E.T., or Jurassic Park, Jaws, Indiana Jones, or Harry Potter. How many composers do you know, or can you name, that's worked on so many themes over the years and still make it work as well as he has? Think about it, like, you know, was it when you hear sounds of or literally I don't even have to go through the entire thing you already recognize exactly what those themes are the man has 
the magic touch, the god touch of just being able to craft music and themes that just transcend the films that they are a part of. And, you know, you could hum those things to any person in the world if they've seen these films and they know exactly what it is. The man is just wonderful. At this point in time, there is no one that's ever been able to craft as many pieces of music as Williams has over several different decades and made it work as great as he has. The man can make great music for any situation. His music is some of the most accessible music I've come across in film. And it can be taken in by, you know, anyone from, you know, kids to adults. It's the most, you know, was it easy to listen to music in film besides what you hear in Disney or Pixar films. As his music has a presence and it can be playful and soft yet powerful and fun. But most importantly... He has the power to have you emotionally invested in the film, especially when it comes to specific characters. And Williams isn't just about having, you know, notable themes and, you know, film scores for these Tedpole films that I've mentioned beforehand. He's also had some great contributions to films like Home Alone, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Minority Report, War of the Worlds, and The Adventures of Tintin, you know, from 2011, just to name a few. As for my favourite soundtrack from John Williams, it's it's impossible. Um, if I was to choose the cop-out answer, which is the easiest one, it has to be Star Wars. And no, I'm not talking about the original 1977 film. I'd probably talk about all of Star Wars, because it'd be impossible for me to pick one. If I was to pick one Star Wars film to represent my love for all of, you know... Uh, John Williams's music it probably would be Return of the Jedi because it's not only my favorite Star Wars film but it also has some of my favorite music whether you're talking about the Ewoks or the final confrontation between Luke and Darth Vader or the Luke and Leia theme which is gorgeous or um, you know the end theme when um, you know you go through the uh, celebration period with the Ewoks and yes I even like the you know the end music um that was done in the re-release of Star Wars on, I think, the VHS one, which has that sort of ending celebration song, which I think is done with the main flute or something. That song is gorgeous. I don't care what anybody says. Star Wars purists, suck it, man. I don't care. I love that theme as well as the Ewoks. Like, you know, was it Yub Nub song? Anyway, yeah. If I was to pick one, it'd have to be, you know, was it Return of the Jedi? But I can't just pick that because over the course of several films, they have so many great songs like Duel of the Fates from... Phantom Menace is one of the most amazing pieces of music ever created in the history of life. There's certain stuff I love from Return of the Jedi. There's even stuff that I like from, uh, you know, Attack of the Clones, even though that film kind of sucks. What am I talking about? Kind of sucks. It does suck, but that's not the point. Basically, John Williams had crafted some really great material in the Star Wars, you know, series overall, so um, I'd have to pick Star Wars. Though, if I wasn't able to pick all seven of the, you know, main Star Wars films that he's worked on, I'd have to pick Hook. Of all of the soundtracks he's crafted besides Jurassic Park, which I think would be another top tier choice, Hook is one of the films I've watched so many times as a kid. And one of the things that really hooked me as a kid was the film score. Williams perfectly creates a sound that is so fun, intriguing and wonderful and emotional. And it is perfectly illustrated in one of the specific songs, You Are The Pan, which is used during a few sequences but most notably for the scene when 
Peter returns as Peter Pan and Rufio, you know, submits to him saying that he is the Pan and gives him his sword back. And when all the kids join Pan and Rufio in their crazy little celebratory, you know, screaming is awesome. But also, I think the second half of that song is used during the end of the film when Pan gives uh, one of the kids his sword to be like, you know, the new leader of the Lost Boys. The music, when it swells and overwhelms everything on screen, I want to cry. I do. I don't care, but it's just, it's perfection. And then there's another song that, for the longest time, I thought was really cheesy, and I almost, I think I fast-forwarded it on a good few times, but these days it makes me want to cry because it's so freaking beautiful. It's a song, When You're Alone, which is sung by... Uh, Peter Pan's daughter when she's on the ship and all the pirates are watching her um, it's a really well made song and I think musically is the main thing that just you know gets you right in the heart man and then there is Hans Zimmer what a guy of godly power I mean damn very rarely is this man making film scores that I don't like Zimmer is one of the most gifted composers I've ever heard commit music to film. He knows how to emphasize drama in his film scores, whether it be for just moments of subtlety or full-on intensity. Like previous composers that I've mentioned before, Zimmer is versatile and can adjust his sound for different films, but more often than not, he has a very particular sound that you can pick up across several films and it normally happens to you know revolve around his epic godly you know sounds that he commits to scenes of drama emotion and most notably action sequences especially after about 2010 there was a certain sound that he was able to craft that you know you could recognize across several of his films and though he's made some different sounds over the years, you could definitely notice similarities in the films that he's worked on, like The Prince of Egypt, Lion King, Gladiator, and Pirates of the Caribbean, along with the Dark Knight trilogy as well that he helped craft with James Newton Howard. The guy is just very, very good at what he does. And he's also made some great contributions to films like Mission Impossible 2, 12 Years a Slave, The Road to El Dorado, and one of my favorite films ever, Crimson Tide. The guy is just so good. And one of my favorite things is that when he creates music, you hear it. And his music in Interstellar as well was one of the core elements that I really liked. Uh, Zimmer is just a really great guy at composing music and while his music in recent years has started to slip a little bit in certain areas it's just not been of a certain quality for me in certain films that he's helped you know craft it for when the guy's good he's damn good and my favorite soundtrack should be of no surprise to anyone it is of course Inception while my love for Zimmer's work expands to many different soundtracks especially Lion King and the Prince of Egypt it all comes back to Inception sure it's a generic choice but damn I don't care it is bloody brilliant this was the first film score to really get inside my head and leave me wanting more I mean sure I've loved film soundtracks in the past but not like this 
that film score was something special, beyond special in a lot of ways. What I loved about it the most was its intensity. It was so powerful and haunting. It could be upbeat and fast-paced, but then it could also be really calm and emotional. You had tracks like Time or Mombasa that have a really good sound, or Radical Notion, which is all really good. But at the end of the day, it all comes back to The Dream is Collapsing. That track is so gorgeous. It's indescribable to me how much I love this song. It sends me into a world of beautiful madness and it is great. I've listened to that song more times than I can count. And sometimes, you know, when you're you're just in the mood for, you know, a little inception, The Dream is Collapsing is the first song I go to without fail. And then there's Michael Giacchino, the only other composer that I would hold as highly as the three people I mentioned before. This man is damn good and I wish more film fans would take notice of him because he has done some really great work across many films over the years. I really appreciate how much variety comes with his material. His scores can be calm, warm, beautiful and whimsical, especially when it comes to capturing the dramatic and emotional character elements. But it can also be powerful, intense, fast and upbeat. And he also has a familiar sound across many of the films that he's worked on. That have a great sense of excitement and action. I've always liked Giacchino's scores. Even in films I didn't even know he had a hand in until after I like, you know, looked him up. But I first noticed his sound in The Incredibles. Which is one of my favourite Pixar films and just one of my favourite animations in general. I remember that. I remember the music in that film just being fabulous and one of the key elements that you know came together to make that film special. It has such an energetic, sassy and bombastic sound and while I really enjoyed that film score it wasn't until 2009 when I noticed his contributions to the J.J. Abrams Star Trek reboot when I really became a fan of his work. That's where I noticed some of those familiar sounds from some of his previous films bleeding into this film. That score is one of my favorites of all time. It has some of my favorite music in any film ever, and the song Enterprise of Young Men is one of my favorite pieces of music ever committed to, you know, just composition ever. It's just fabulous. And yes, Star Trek, I think, is my favorite film score of Giacchino's, bar none. I think it's literally just on par with The Incredibles. I'd say both of those films have, you know, just film scores that are just perfection for what they were able to bring to the films that they were a part of. And yeah, like I said before, after that I noticed this sort of bombastic sound in several of Giacchino's films, whether it be Mission Impossible 3 or Mission Impossible 4, aka Ghost Protocol, or some of the more subdued slash um, haunting sounds that he was able to create with Dawn and War for the Planet of the Apes, or, you know, with the recent Marvel films where he was able to change things up genre-wise, but also be able to incorporate that, you know, notable sound that he's able to, you know put into some of his other films like with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man Homecoming I can still notice some of those staples that he was able to you know bring to those films and even in films that aren't well received critically and you know just films that no one you know likes or you know only a handful of people like his music still stands out I remember watching Speed Racer and I loved the music in that and when I found out he was the person that composed it I was like oh yeah that makes sense and, you know, in more recent years with films like Tomorrowland and Jupiter Ascending, you know, was it one that, you know, half people liked, some people didn't, and then Jupiter Ascending, which, you know, most people just don't like at all, the soundtrack stands out. 
and in my opinion besides the visuals the uh, film score for Jupiter Ascending was bloody awesome and it was my favorite part of the film so yeah favorite film score from Michael Giacchino would probably be like uh, a two-part between The Incredibles and Star Trek 2009 so now I'm just gonna list off my favorite film composers of the lower tier so you know not quite the Mount Rushmore but they still have relevance and I'll try to abbreviate as much as possible because if I keep talking about them I'll be here for a long time. So firstly we have Patrick Doyle. He has a knack for giving fictional worlds a grand slash larger than life sound but he can also calm things down and deliver some subtle slash emotional moments. The first film that I noticed his music in was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire from my first viewing of that film in 2005 with my friends that I saw it with, it really stood out. It's such a great score and it has an interesting sound that came after the first three scores that was done by John Williams. This Harry Potter had a dark, twisted, yet hopeful, uplifting and epic sound. From there, the work that he did in Thor in 2011 was really, really good. It had a magical and powerful sound that, you know, gave life to, you know, Asgard, Jotunheim, and some of these other, you know, fictional elements of that Marvel film. And in the same year, Dole did such a good job with Rise of the Planet Days. It had such a wonderful sound, very emotionally, like, you know, was it um, captivating, and had a nice variety for several of the moments in, you know, was that film. And... While he hasn't done many other film scores after that point that I really liked, 2015's uh, Cinderella he had some really nice contributions to. And then there is Thomas Newman, another composer who has done some really good work over the years on a lot of notable films. Whether it be, you know, some of the stuff he'd done in the Pixar films like Finding Nemo, Wall-E or Finding Dory, to films like The Green Mile and Brothers, he does well to craft music that really enhances what's happening on screen and gets to the emotional core of each scene and in recent years he's done some really solid work on films like Saving Mr. Banks, To Get On Up and Bridge of Spies but my favorite score from him is a tough choice between Skyfall and A Shawshank Redemption. Skyfall has a wonderful sound that feels very somber and melancholy yet dramatic, emotional and stylish and the song Mother always comes to mind. It is my favorite song from that soundtrack by a mile. It's so short yet has such a strong and haunting presence. It's not a happy song, yet it feels like there is a glimmer of hope towards the end. The song envelops the scenes it's used in very well and as a separate listening experience it makes me think about life and puts things in perspective. It's just, it's a fantastic song and I've listened to it so many times. But then there's the Shawshank Redemption, my favorite film of all time. And this has to be one of the most effective scores I have heard. And it is a character of his own, which is just a quintessential element of the film. I wouldn't be able to tell you about the track specifically for the film because one of my favorite experiences of the Shawshank Redemption is watching the film but also listen to the music in conjunction with the scenes that's happening. If I was to listen to the uh, you know soundtrack separately I think it might take away from my film experience. Um, I don't know I've never tried it but yeah the whole film score for the Shawshank Redemption is 
something beyond special. It's just fantastic. So good. Alexandre Desplat is also one of those, you know, sneaky uh, film composers that has really risen to become like uh, one that I like to pay attention to. His work on films like Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Ghost Rider, and Moonrise Kingdom definitely, like, you know, as it got him on my radar. But it wasn't until his uh, sounds that he put on films like Harry Potter and The Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Part 2 and Rise of the Guardians and the Grand Budapest Hotel actually which really got his sounds on my radar he has a really nice sense of variety he can create music that's so quirky and upbeat and strange yet very dark and um, aggressive and I still think to this day that my favorite sounds he's created is either between the uh, last two Harry Potter films or Godzilla I remember watching Godzilla in 2014 for the first time remembering even from the credit sequence that music hit you hard it was aggressive it was really like uh atmospheric that's the best choice of words and in scenes where there was like you know next to no dialogue or sound effects it really really was a a character in the film itself that film score by like Desplat really elevated Godzilla to another level and uh, it's damn good and then of course you have to mention Alan Silvestri he is someone who cannot be dismissed either. While he's not one of my like super top tier favourites, he has done some of my all-time favourite film scores and has composed some of my favourite themes as well. You cannot deny the beauty and majesty that is the Back to the Future trilogy. While the trilogy is, you know, depending on who you talk to, either, you know, a pretty consistent trilogy or, you know, only the first film's good and the next two films sort of go on a, a you know, downwards, you know, spiral. The music that he created for those films is nothing short of fantastic. He created some of the most fun and catchy music in film. And obviously, without Silvestri, we wouldn't have one of the most notable themes in film history that wasn't made by John Williams. The Back to the Future theme song is one of my favorite sounds. And every time it used to come on in Cineworld before, like, you know, the advert started and then the film eventually started after that, I would love hearing that sound. Uh, the Back to the Future theme song is just so hopeful, heroic, badass, fun amazingness i love that theme and his contributions to films like captain america the first avenger lilo and stitch cast away nightmare i mean not my name night at the museum and even the cruise a film i don't really like that much he still made that sound good all of those films had good soundtracks and then there's even films that he contributed to that I never even knew he did until like you know years later the mummy returns I love that sound and when I found out he you know was the one of the people that composed it and when I found out it was him that composed it man it made so much sense it was almost like a precursor to the Avengers in a way and his music for volcano I really liked and predator gosh life would not be the same without that predator film score that is great and it only acts as second tier maybe third behind back to the future um as like yeah my third favorite song like you know favorite film score should i say but the best the best by far is the avengers i can't help but gush about his contributions to that film 
The Avengers had a really old school, like 1980s slash, you know, modern twist to it with the music that he was able to create for that f- for that film. But the Avengers theme is one of the most notable superhero themes in recent years. Beyond Wonder Woman and Man of Steel, the Avengers theme is pretty much the most other, you know, notable film, film score for a superhero film. Not only that, but it's pretty much the most notable you know, piece of music in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It has all sorts of wonderful sounds. It's adventurous, hopeful, heroic, and just all sorts of badass. It switches up at least three times, and that heroic sound towards the end where it's like, boom, 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 boom. I make, I get giddy every bloody time. Alan Silvestri, you're done. I love you. Next up we have James Horner, the late and great James Horner, noted by many to be one of the finest composers in all of film, and I can understand why. Though I haven't seen many of his notable films besides The Rocketeer, Titanic and some others, I still appreciate the sounds that I've, you know, checked out, you know, his films in. So two of my favourite pieces are two of my favourite childhood films, Jumanji and Casper. I really like the sounds that he was able to create with those films as it was able to, you know, grab me in as a kid, but also have a very memorable sound that was, uh, you know, adventurous, sometimes a little dark, but mainly playful and really fun. And um, Casper for me had some really special emotional moments, especially towards the end, especially between Cat and Casper. They have some really, like, you know, wonderful musical moments. I even like some of the elements he brought to The Amazing Spider-Man. While I didn't feel like that score overall was really solid, it had some really good moments. And of course there's Avatar. That film blew up in 2009, and one of the things that I enjoyed about it the most besides the visuals was the music. It was pretty epic and had a really grand and powerful sound. So yeah, Mr. Horner has definitely created some really good music, and I want to check out some of the other stuff he's contributed to. but. The stuff that he's done that I have seen and heard, really nice. And yeah, I also can't forget Mr. Howard Shaw. Without him, there'd be no gorgeous music for the Lord of the Rings or Hobbit films. Especially when it comes to Lord of the Rings. I remember watching Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, each film from 2001 to 2003 and being completely enamored with the music. There is a sense of power, drama, and scope that is almost immeasurable compared to other film scores I've heard. It's literally like the perfect sound for Middle Earth and introducing some of these characters, situations, action sequences, and, you know, creating sounds that perfectly describe these places, whether you're, you know, listening to the wonderful sounds of the Shire, you know, with its sort of, I don't know, I guess Irish-inspired kind of sound, or, you know, the more aggressive, dark and crazy sounds of Mordor and Isengard, or some of those action sequences, which is just pure badassery. It's, (laughs) It's hard to talk about Lord of the Rings without gushing all over the place, but it's just so good. Lord of the Rings has one of the, you know, the trilogy overall just has some of the best music ever. 
um, during some of those battle sequences or some of those emotional moments where you know characters are being reunited or certain people die and stuff like that. That music is so good. The use of vocals along with the music is just it's heavenly, man. Um, some of my favorite stuff would definitely be um, actually. Let me just talk about one specific piece. No, 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 two, two. Uh, the music for Rohan in uh, the Two Towers has to be some of my favorite music done, especially with a violin ever. That music is powerful, wonderful, and whew, damn good. And then there's the music when um, in Return of the King, uh, when the uh, torches are lit and it goes through that sort of montage sequence of seeing all the lights like you know as it light up towards Rohan and uh, you know you obviously it's a sign for Gondor calling for help uh, that sequence along with that music perfection damn good and while the Hobbit films don't have the same you know top tier quality that the Lord of the Rings films has it definitely has its moments and uh, my favorite piece of music in there is the Misty Mountains. Um, obviously, hearing the uh, dwarves sing the song, you know, led by Richard Armitage, which is really good. But there are certain moments, especially in um, An Unexpected Journey, at least I think that's what the name of the first Hobbit film is. That music, whoo! Damn good. Damn good! And the final person I wanted to mention in this uh, tier of film composers is Henry Jackman. He's one of my favorite film composers of recent years. And um, I really like some of the material that he's put in some of these films. He, like many of the other film composers that I have mentioned before, has a way to tap into those emotional, character-driven moments. But also has this really um, powerful and heroic sound to some of the stuff he's you know created and it's also pretty varied as well i like the stuff that he did with captain phillips kingsman the secret service kickass especially was really good nice and I, I even liked some of the stuff he did with kickass too and the beauty he was able to bring to the disney films wreck it ralph and big hero 6 were also really good and captain america civil war was really really cool and the song civil war specifically during the action sequence at the airport was really really good and just some of the more dramatic moments in that film definitely helped from Jackman's uh, music. But the two film scores that I think he's done, which are my favorites, are X-Men First Class and Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier had such a different sound from Alan Silvestri's music in The First Avenger, but it definitely suited the film. The music that he did when uh, The Winter Soldier was on the move and during some of that uh, action sequences on the highway was really good. But I think X-Men First Class has my favorite material from him. That music was really, really good. So powerful and emotional and had so many great moments. My favorite piece from that film being Rage and Serenity, which is one of the most perfect pieces of music I think I've heard in any film ever. Um, it's used during the scene when Eric is trying to move a satellite but he's mainly using anger. So then Charles gives him a memory from his mind that he didn't know he had. And he uses that sort of blend of anger yet like, you know, is it happiness from his memory to move the satellite. And it's such a beautiful, powerful moment elevated by that music is bloody perfection. And there are numerous other film composers I could have mentioned like John Barry, Jerry Goldsmith, 
James Newton Howard, John Powell, Randy Newman, of course, Trent Reznor, Johan Johansson, Alan Menken, David Arnold, John Carper, and the list goes on. But yeah, they're some of my favorite people, like, you know, just on that lower tier. I had to give them a mention. So, in terms of soundtracks, what would I recommend is really hard, uh, you know, to, you know, give out very specifics without going on some long, long list. But yeah, I would say the soundtracks for Inception, The Prince of Egypt, The Lion King, The Avengers, the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, Edward Scissorhands, Batman 89, Superman the Original, all of the Star Wars films that John Williams has contributed to, Hook is really good as well. I would say just start with those and then you'll be fine on the way out. (laughs) Alright, and I think that will bring this episode to a close. Thank you so much for listening if you have made it this far. And if you have any fancy music that you enjoy in film that I haven't mentioned or, you know, you like some of the stuff I've mentioned, if you're just a fan of film music in general, please be sure to drop me a comment in the section below or be sure to holler at me on Twitter where I am hypersonic 55 or at filmfocus55. Drop me an email at thehypersonic555 at gmail.com or check out my blog the hypersonic 55 actually no it's not the hypersonic 55 there's no the it's hypersonic55.wordpress.com i welcome all of your you know film related discussion and if you have any feedback for me please be sure to let me know i'm still in the process of tweaking a few things here and there and yeah be sure to check us out on soundcloud and itunes and if you're on itunes give us a rating five star please that'd be great (laughs) and yeah That's Film Focus over for another week. Thank you for listening to this special episode. I've been wanting to make this for ages, so hopefully it lived up to the hype, if there was any hype behind it at all. So, until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55, signing out. Peace! Thank you.